You're listening to How To Catholic, episode 18, How To Homelessness, Encountering Poverty with Blake Bruliette from Christ in the City. And I'm Kevin Cotter, and we're your co-hosts here at the How To Catholic Podcast, where our goal is to help you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Lisa here. No Kevin today because we have a guest on the show that I am sitting with right now, Blake Brulettes. He is a missionary with Christ in the City, and I had the chance of meeting Blake for the first time. It's about a year ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, at Donuts After Mass, which just tells you, if you don't go to Donuts After Mass, you're really missing out, because that's the time you get to meet friends, new people, cool stuff. So super grateful got to meet Blake here, missionary with Christ in the City. And we've mentioned Christ in the City on the show a couple times before, really just kind of name dropping and passing. And we thought, you know, we should really introduce you all to Christ in the City if you don't know what it is. So I, I have a vague understanding of Christ in the City, but I'm going to let Blake explain a little bit more because how long have you been a missionary with them? I've been a missionary for a year and six months now. Okay. And will you finish this year? Is it a two-year commitment? Yeah. It's a year commitment, year by year. And then we are, I signed on for a second year, but our year goes from August to July because unlike other missionary programs, you know, the homeless aren't in school. It's a year-round <laughs> thing for them. So yeah, we we're try to be present for them the entire year. And that's why it is such a long year. Awesome. Okay. So he is a missionary. Do you guys, how do you get paid? We fundraise. You fundraise. Yes. We do too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ours is all about that. Ours is a little different because we live off of food donations from local grocery stores and other things like that to cut costs. So as an example, we have a 20 people and our food budget is 150 per week. What? Yeah. Because of, food donations, expired food, you know, it's just check for mold before you eat and you're good to go. So (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is so great. So tell me a little bit about Christ in the City, the organization. What is it that you all do? Yeah. So we are a group of college age missionaries. Um, You don't have to graduate college to be a missionary with us. So we have 19 to 25 year olds this year. Okay. So people take like a gap year. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We have a lot of gap years and Um, We come together and live in community because you can't give what you don't have. So the model of Christ in the city is to come together uh, and through living in community, eating together, praying together, cleaning, cooking, the entire, you know, family atmosphere of what you do with your family, uh, plus an intense prayer life, an intense sacramental life. Uh, We then go to the streets and it's easy. It's easy to love the homeless once you... I love that you just said that. Well, way <laughs> Most easier. people are like, that's scary. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, it's easy. Everyone has to get over that. But, you that's know, true. just when you when you can love those you live with, which is the hardest to love, you know, mm. then loving the homeless comes so naturally for the mission. Wow. Okay. So you encounter the homeless. And how do you guys do that? We go on street walks. And one thing that we do is we try to keep a consistent presence on the streets. So we all have street teams. It's... Uh, three missionaries per team and what we do is we walk the same route in Denver so we become familiar with the homeless but more importantly they become familiar with us Mm. so by walking the same route every time we go on street walks which is about three or four times a week um every day we say hi to you know friends we see regularly and then as well it gives you a chance to meet new people 
Uh, but our street cred is pretty good. So <laughs> we go on our, yeah, we go on our routes and, you know, so many times we've gone out and there've been people, you know, kind of on edge about us being around and our friends, our homeless friends who are truly our friends, you know, we don't just call them that to, you know, be nice. It's, oh, yeah, it's, you see it's them authentic. three or four times a week. Oh yeah. They become, you become close to them. I mean, you invest in them, they invest in you, you share your life, they share their life. And through this friendship, I mean, man, they stick up for us all the time. They're like, no, these are the church people. They're great, you know, and uh, really just through those interactions, through that continual presence, uh, that is our mission. So to be a constant in the people's lives who don't really have the constant and mm. to just be with them instead of rather giving them things. Gotcha. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so a couple times a week, you're going out on the street. Yep. You're visiting with people. So when you see them, are you really just having conversations with them and checking in on them? Or Yeah, it is anything family and friends do. We aren't caseworkers, and that's that's where we differ from the other organizations. Um, you know, some people want to put us as their emergency contacts. You know, we accompany, we've had a lot of pregnant friends who we would go to their pregnancy appointments with them and the missionaries were invited into the, you know, checkup rooms and were there to see the ultrasounds. So, you know, it's not necessarily a caseworker role. It's not necessarily a role of, you know, us helping them. It's, it's a true friendship and, you know, it becomes family. And what do you do with your family? You're there for them. What do you do with your friends? You're there for them in the good times and the bad. So some days are better than others with our friends and other days they're having hard days and you never know what's going to happen when you get out there. But Regardless, it is just truly being present. That's beautiful. That's um, something that I, I think most people would be afraid of. I, but I, I, I can see, you know, over time how that could become something that feels more natural. Is that kind of your experience? Oh, absolutely. I think we all forget our first few weeks as missionaries and going to the streets and just being intimidated, you know, not thinking we knew what to say or mm-hmm. wondering, you know, oh, I don't want to screw this up. I want to help them. And then realizing by just being natural, by just being yourself, that's all you can be. And then it becomes easy because when you're not trying to be someone you aren't, it's natural. It's smooth. That's beautiful. You know, you know, you said that encounter kind of is, is the main thing you do, but I also know from seeing it in church bulletins and things that you do do some, some kind of physical meeting, some physical needs. What does that look like? So once a week, every Wednesday, we have a lunch in the park. And the point of our lunch is, number one, to feed the homeless. Just give them a good home-cooked meal. Um, Because a lot of the, you know, sandwich lines and things like that, you know, it's kind of the same stuff. So we bring in different churches, different volunteers, and they get, you know, creative, fresh, home-cooked meals, warm meals for the homeless. And the other point of those is to bring in our volunteers. Uh, And our volunteers, you know, donors love to give clothes and jackets, sleeping bags, all the things that the homeless truly need materially to help them out. And we provide those at this lunch in the park. Uh, but it's kind of great because it's like a special a special f- space for the material needs. Whereas on the weekdays, we go and encounter them where they're at uh, and just hang with them. We bring in volunteers and are able to provide them with some material needs to show that we're there for them as well. But also to get our volunteers involved and truly come and encounter our friends. And there's nothing better than, you know, when our families come and we get to take them to the lunch in the park and the excitement in our friends' eyes when they get to meet our our parents and our siblings, you know. Many of the times I've introduced them to my family and they talk about it for weeks and even months later, like, hey, remember that one time? Mm. You, know, you introduced me to your parents and something so small for us, but 
these lunch in the parks, these, and every second Saturday we do that as well. And that one we have over a hundred volunteers show up and it's just a, a party in the park, a how nice many, little picnic. How many um, homeless do you serve on a day like that? How Probably 150. Wow. So it's like one-on-one almost. Yeah. And it's amazing because, you know, we have parents bring their babies and their kids and, mm-hmm. you know, just for the homeless to see those families. And it really brings, it puts a sparkle in their eye. It's something that is really invaluable for, you know, especially the rough streets, you know, not seeing those, some of the beauties in life sometimes. So, yeah, but that's where we meet their material needs as well as show them how many people care. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And then I know a third thing, I keep coming up with things that I know that you guys do. So right now it's spring break season here. Yes. And I know that you were just mentioning you've got a slew of college kids with you yes. all. What are, what's going on there? So an option for spring break trips that um, we provide students with is you can come for a week and stay with us. And we teach you how to, we take you out on the streets with us. So we don't just send you out. We, we train the students, take them out with us with the idea by the end of the week, you will be trained in encountering the homeless and encountering the poor. So when you go back to your college campus, your college town, you are then ready to go and encounter the poor yourself. Uh, you'll have confidence. You'll know how it's not going to be something foreign because a lot of the times that initial fear is what prevents people. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we realize, you know, not everyone can come and stay in Denver with us. And for instance, this week we have 45 students living in our house with us. So every breakfast, <laughs> Are you breaking fire codes. Oh yeah. Every breakfast, lunch and dinner <laughs> is 65 people. So it's, it's truly amazing. And, Checking for no mold. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. And then after this week they head home and you know, it's, it's amazing to hear the follow-up stories of how their lives were changed, not just this week, but then carry it with them in their call to be a missionary back home. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And I love how much Christ in the City really answers that call of Pope Francis. Just over and over again, you see in his writings, they're talking about encountering, how we need to encounter the poor and we need to actually spend time with them Yeah, and not just see them as this group of people who we can't interact mm-hmm. with or who isn't a part of our community, but somebody who, who is our friend who yeah. can, you know, we can have a relationship with and a conversation with. So that is just beautiful. I love the work that you all are doing. Thank you. Um, I really do. Yeah. It was not an option when I graduated. <laughs> I got married right out of college too. So I guess I didn't really have yeah. that option, but, um, something I really ad- admire. Um, so here in Denver, we have, we have a, a large homeless population. Is that correct? Yeah, we like, really do. I yeah. Mean, for sure. Over 10,000. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And so growing up for me, growing up, I never really encountered the poor. That was not something that was a part of my, you know, maybe if you went to like the back alley in the, mm-hmm. you know, downtown somewhere, you might find some. Um, but here in Denver, I, every day when I go to pick my kids up from school, I'm encountering the poor. Um, and it's just very much a part of our, um, our city here. And so my husband, Kevin, and I, you know, we've kind of, we try to do what we can. We've talked about on the show before doing these, these blessing bags that we pass out and things. Um, but I found, so I kind of, what I want to talk about, what a question I have for you. So when we come across somebody who is homeless, we, we try to do what we can. And so a couple, but sometimes I feel like I don't always know if I'm doing the right thing. So let me, let me give you a story. So a couple of months ago, we were coming home from mass and there was a gentleman in a wheelchair who was crossing the street and you could tell that he wasn't going to get across before the light turned. And so the light turned and there he is in his wheelchair in the middle of the street. So Kevin gets out of the car and I hop over to his seat and he goes to push this gentleman 
we'll call him Jeff across the street. And then he's like, all right, well, uh, he's trying to go to the grocery store. You can tell. So Kevin pushes Jeff into the grocery store and he's in there for a few minutes. So I call him and I'm like, Hey, like, does, does he need anything? What can we do? You know, what's going on? He said, well, he, he needs his prescription. He just got out of the hospital. Some of his teeth fell out while he was in like a accident on the bus or something. And you know, he's in the wheelchair here. He's older. Clearly he's homeless. Um, so he's like, so I'm just going to see if we can make sure to get him his medicine. And so I was like, oh, okay, great. So we waited in the car a bit longer. And I thought, well, let's just go in and we'll get him some food or whatever we'll wait for, the, for the prescription. So we go in, we meet Jeff and have a nice conversation. And all he asks for is Coke and cream of mushroom soup. And we're like, well, do you need anything else? He's like, no. So, so we got him spoons, soup and, and Coke. And that's all he wanted. So we get him some food, and then finally the prescription, they're having trouble with it. Finally, it comes through. And the pharmacist, you can tell, is a little bit kind of, you know, really questioning him. Like, well, you know, where did this come from? He's like, oh, it just came over from the hospital, you know. So he gets kind of like a partial prescription. So we go outside, and we're taking Jeff back to the bus so he can get set up to go to wherever he's going. And as soon as we get out of the pharmacy and we get out, he opens up his pill bottle and takes like five pills at once. And I look on the bottle and it's, you know, once in the morning, once at night. And I'm like, Jeff, like you just took half your bottle. Like, isn't, you know, you need to make sure to follow the instructions. He's like, oh no, I'm going to be fine. Don't you worry about me. And so he left kind of feeling a little disheartened like here. And we, we paid for his prescription because he didn't have yeah anything to pay for the prescription. And, and I'm like, gosh, we just enabled this guy with his drug addiction. Like, <laughs> What, you know, and so it was just kind of a, a disheartening situation where it made me go, gosh, I just like if that's what's going to happen, like maybe I just should stay away or, you know, yeah. I felt like I didn't help in that moment. I felt like I actually hurt him in a, in a way. So what do you do with those kinds of, you know, like we want to reach out, we want to help, but sometimes we think, well, if I give them money, they're just going to go buy X, Y, Z. That's not going to be helpful for them. Or if, you know, I'm just enabling them to stay yeah. on the street if I do something. So what do you, what do you do with that? Yeah. First and foremost, those are difficult situations. Like, man, they're, they're not easy because they pull at your heartstrings. You know, we try to do good things and, you know, we always have this idea of how it goes or mm-hmm. how it's going to go. And I think right. that's, I think that's the key is detaching ourselves from the fruits. Mm. Um, you know, one of the hardest parts about being a missionary is, something I didn't mention is we work with the chronically homeless at Christ in the city mm-hmm. and the chronically homeless are those who are known as service resistant. So, mm-hmm. you know, the majority of the 10,000 homeless, I think 90% are going to get off the streets within a year, you know, and this mm-hmm. 10%, the service resistant, they're the ones who have incredibly high drug addiction and alcohol addiction. Whereas the other 90% are very low, you know, 20%. Um, and when we work with them, one of the first things that, you know, the missionaries go through and I share this cause it's the personal experience we've had Yeah, and it's just been, there's been rough days, you know, seeing things like this. And one of the first real lessons that we have to learn and accept as missionaries is to detach ourselves from the fruits. It's not up to us. Um, I think we have this idea that we want to give someone a dollar and change their life, you know, or we want to do something for them and change their life. And, one of the things we all went to an Al-Anon meeting and an AA meeting. And one of the greatest lessons we learned before doing homeless ministry was we can't control anyone but ourselves. Mm-hmm. And man, how much does this relate to, you know, God, the father, Jesus, Mary, like, 
you know, they do all these great things for us in our lives. And so many times we say no, so many times it's right in front of our face. And then we just turn around and don't take it or don't accept the help or go right back to our old ways. And it truly is a chance to unite ourselves to the heart of Christ, really, because with our homeless friends like Jeff in this situation, you know, all you can do is love him and you met his needs and you did it with, you know, a pure heart and, you know, with the best intention in mind. And as much as it sucks, as hard as it is, like the result isn't up to us, you Mm -hmm. know, in that situation, the result wasn't up to you. You can only do so much. And I think that's one thing to remember is, you know, when we do encounter these homeless, when we do encounter people like Jeff, like the seeds we plant, we may never know the fruit and you may still have planted a seed that the fruit someday comes to fruition. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe people help Jeff like that all the time, or maybe they don't, you know, maybe that was the first time someone's actually waited with him in a while, you know, actually heard him out that he won Coke and cream of mushroom soup, you know? Yeah. Maybe he left that and, you know, heard your comment to him about, you know, what are you doing? And saw that you cared. Right. And that is all we can do. Um, yeah. That was helpful. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it is, I, you're absolutely right. Staying detached. I love what you just said about like, that's us too. Like I'm service resistant when it comes to God all yeah. the time. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, and it's crazy because with the homeless, you know, we see so much of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the hardest things for people coming in. It's when you see this brokenness in them and like, you know, all you want to do is help them. And you're really offering them things like the medication that could help him out. And then he just, Jeff just abused it. And then we look at our own lives and it's like, ouch, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, God, you gave me that grace yeah. and I ignored it or yeah. I, and nothing, I, we've learned nothing more than the patience of God this last year with, you know, just seeing how we treat our homeless friends and like in those situations, you know, where they don't accept the gifts we give them and the fruit isn't like we expected and we choose to be patient with them. And then we remember like, our loving father, how much, like how much more patient is he? Like we have our human weakness and we're still pretty patient. And you know, you Mm -hmm. still were able to give your best shot to do what's best, best for Jeff. And it's like, how much more can a loving father do for us? You know, Mm, I love that. Okay. So I want to get practical here um, because this is the how to Catholic podcast. And so you've had over a year and a half now of encountering yeah. the homeless. Do you have some tips? What I, well, what we, yeah, we've put together some tips here on how do we, what do we do when we do encounter the homeless? When we have the opportunity, we're driving down the street and there they are at the corner. It's the light and your window's up and they're standing right there with the sign. And yeah. you feel that awkwardness, you know, there's a human who's, who's reaching out to you. Hmm. What are you going to do in that moment? So, so. We put together some practical tips, uh, especially for those who don't get a chance to go out on the streets like we do every day. Um, And the first one is ask the person's name. Um, We've had friends tell us that they've gone three months without ever hearing someone say their name. Wow. So something for you that may seem like nothing, you know, asking someone's name. We do it all the time. Um, For the homeless, maybe if it's a regular, you see it at a stoplight. We've had friends tell us they would much rather have someone know their name 
then get a $5 bill or any food or drink. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. I do. Cause on my route, I do have a couple of people that I know. I know Craig, I know Billy, uh, go and get the kids from school. And sometimes I wonder when I see them, you know, I, I will, I'll roll down the window. Hey Craig, how's it yeah. going? And some days he's just grumpy with me, you yeah. know? And I'm like, are you mad? Cause I'm not going to be giving you anything. Mm-hmm. Cause we, we have our blessing bags, you know, he's gotten his blessing bag. I know that like he's checked off on my yeah, list. Yeah. Um, but then there are some days where, you know, he wants to have a conversation and he's excited to see me and wants to talk about the weather or wants to talk about whatever's yeah, going on. Totally. Um, so that's, that's good to hear. Oh, such a good thing to really know their name, you know, mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah. And then second, the second tip is reach out and offer a handshake. Um, we talk about this as the first gift we can give our homeless friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever you meet someone new, it's always awkward. You know, it's way mm-hmm. more it's just so much easier just to never do that first introduction. But after that first introduction, things just are easy. Conversations flow. You have no problem saying hi to someone, even across a room. Um, so the first gift you can give, you know, a homeless or a poor person you encounter, is just reach out and take that awkwardness upon yourself. Mm. Uh, reach out, take that awkwardness upon yourself and offer that handshake. So they don't have to approach you, you approach them. And that's so human too. I wonder, just like they haven't, many of them haven't heard their name in a long time. I wonder yeah. the last time one of them have been touched. Oh yeah, absolutely, know? absolutely. And there's, I don't know, we just, we need that like human physical totally. contact and touch. Totally. So yeah. And then Good tip. our third tip is in lieu of money, give socks, water, Gatorade, uh, maybe a coffee if it's cold. Mm. Uh, Cause kind of like with Jeff, you know, we don't, you know, it's, it's part of it. We don't know what people are going to use the money we give them for. Mm-hmm. But if it's a cold day and you give someone gloves or mm-hmm. it's a rainy day and you see that their shoes must be soaking wet, you give them socks, mm-hmm. you saw their problem and you answered it. Mm-hmm. You looked them in the face and didn't just give them money and put a bandaid on their problem. You truly encountered their humanity and showed them, hey, I see you mm-hmm. and I'm meeting this need because I see you need help. Mm-hmm. Um just such a personal thing. Mm-hmm. And then finally, offer soft food. This is more of a practical thing because many of our homeless friends have bad teeth. Just living on the streets, it's hard to get proper hygiene for you know brushing your teeth mm-hmm. or even maybe some addictions or things have you know hurt dental health. And a lot of the times, you know, hard foods, hard granola bars, they can't chew. Mm-hmm. Um, so something to consider is, you know, again, if we're looking at our homeless friends like the tip before, if we're truly seeing them where they're at, remembering that, you know, sometimes they're not ready for Mm -hmm. hard foods and soft foods are the best gift. And then the final tip, obviously pray for them. Mm. Uh, Like earlier, we may never know the seeds we plant and that's the best thing we can give them. Yeah. Prayers. Absolutely. And sometimes I feel like we can think, oh, like prayer, like that's not doing anything. Um, But we, we just, we can't doubt yeah. the fact that God hears that prayer totally. and that God's watching out for them and gives them the grace maybe mm-hmm. just to withstand that cold for 10 more minutes, whatever Absolutely. it is. So awesome. Okay. I love these tips. I'm going to review them real quick. So ask the person's name, reach out and offer a handshake in lieu of money, give items, we'll call yeah, it items, yeah. <laughs> physical items and offer soft food. So if you're going to offer food, make sure it's food that they can actually have. Cause I can't imagine how sad that would be to be like, here's an apple. And you're like, I can't have yeah, the apple. Oh. That's gotta be a bummer. Okay. So last question I want to ask, I'm going to talk about here is what do you do then 
be like growing up for me, I never encountered the poor. So this is something here in Denver that's been big on my heart because I see them all the time. And so for the first time here, you know, in my later years in life, um, well, post-college years, I should say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like 70, um, you know, I've had to start to encounter this for the first time. But what happens if, if you are like I was growing up and you just, you never see homeless? Like what, how can we still encounter? How can we... I mean, beyond, you know, donating to Christ in the city, which I would recommend you do. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) Or any of those mission, you know, organizations, um, we can, you know, give to the organization and trust and know, as long as it's a good organization, uh, that they're going to do something great with that money. But what about just practical day to day if you're not encountering the poor? Yeah. So Pope Francis, in his year of mercy, challenged us to truly reach out and encounter the poor. And I think... You know, it really made us challenge because for us missionaries, it was easy. It was like, I'm going to see the homeless many right. times a week. That's your job. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's what we're doing. But it's like, man, not everyone can do this. And like situations where you grew up, where I grew up, the homeless, you may see the homeless maybe once a year, mm-hmm. you know, and not only that, there's no way we're in, like called to encounter the poor only once a year in a year like that. Mm-hmm. So there has to be something greater. There has to be something deeper. And through reflection, through really beautiful realizations, we, you know, Christ in the City, we talked a lot about how it's honestly redefining the poor, um, not just the materially poor, but the spiritually poor. And especially in Lent, what a beautiful time to reach out and encounter the poor among us. Mm. The thing is, though, is it may just not be as visible. Right. Um, you know, it's easy to see that the homeless are poor. But it's harder to see our family members, our friends, fellow college students who are poor. But that doesn't mean that we aren't called to serve them, to love them, and to encounter them as well. And what kind of, when you say the poor, what kind of a poor do you mean here? The spiritual poor. There we go. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Uh, (laughs) You know, even the homeless in Denver, we find out so quickly that the material poverty is not the biggest problem at all. You know, they get food they get water they can get clothing mm-hmm. like it's available yeah i know yeah, their service available. is available to them but the problem isn't you know a lack of house or a lack of job it's truly a lack of love mm. um and that's not just for our homeless friends you know there's so many people who have a lack of love in their life and you know when i came to christ in the city that was a big conversion point in my life i came thought i was going to change the homeless saw the loneliness in them saw it in myself And then saw it in all those around me. And it was that moment I realized like my service to the poor doesn't stop with the homeless and the material poor. It actually, that's just the starting point. Mm -hmm. It truly begins and truly, you know, is manifested in the poor around me. I think we have a lot more in common with with the homeless and with the poor than we think. Oh, so much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That human aspect. So one thing I saw you did in the past um, is kind of take those tips and put yeah. them into something practical for those of us who might not see someone on the street but encounter spiritually poor. Could you convert those tips for Absolutely. Us? So bear with me. Some of them may seem like a little stretch, but we'll I'll show you through it. So first and foremost, ask the person's name. Um, not only does this apply with our homeless friends, but it applies with kids we see at college, you know, um, our family members, our friends. Because what it involves is it involves looking up. Uh, To ask someone's name, you have to first see them. Mm -hmm. And it means you are looking. Um, And by not focusing on ourself, by actually looking up and seeing someone, seeing if they're hurting or noticing someone sitting by themselves, 
that's such a practical thing we can do in every aspect of our life. So first tip, ask the person's name. And that one's pretty straightforward on a college campus at home with your family, at church, even, you know, anything at donuts. Yeah. At donuts. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, second is reach out and offer a handshake. Um, not only is this the first gift we give our homeless friends, but that's the first gift we give anyone when we go and meet them. You know, there's a lot of people who may not have the self-confidence. There's a lot of people who may be down and just walking up to them and giving them that gift of taking the awkwardness upon yourself that just can open up a door that you may not know where it leads in a good way. A door of, first of all, you saw them, Mm -hmm. you know, you were looking up and then you went out of your way to give them a gift. And that is an act of charity. Uh, Something so small that, you know, we like to think we need to go and change the world by maybe solving a homeless person's problems to give an act of charity. But in reality, that can be as simple as offering a handshake to someone you don't know. Love it. And then the third one, this is where, this is where you got to bear with me. So in lieu of money, give socks, water, Gatorade, hand warmers, gloves. Um, so many times in life with our family, our friends, college students, we see, we see their problems. We see their struggles but we don't necessarily want to dive into them or look at them and realize it's a real problem. Right. Um, so when we actually look them in the eyes, when we see that, Hey, it's a rainy day, your socks are wet. I'm going to give you a new pair of socks. You know, when we see our friends just struggling in college or, you know, our family members struggling and, you know, maybe they're just dying of thirst, you know, in a, in a spiritual way or something like that. And then you just mm-hmm. go and offer them water or Gatorade and what does that practically look like? You know, seeing someone's overwhelmed or, and then offering to do a chore for them or, you know, seeing that someone really needs help with a project or they're overwhelmed and you can't help them with necessarily their homework or something like that. But you can walk up to them and, you know, maybe bring them a random coffee, maybe mm-hmm. give them a little, a little note here or there, something out of the ordinary where you looked them in the face and truly saw their problem and said, hey, I'm diving into this problem with you because I care. That's awesome. Meeting the needs of others. Absolutely. I, I love that. Just recognizing that we all have needs. Oh, and yeah. We're all in need of somebody, you know, just human interaction. Totally. And that's part of it. And then, you know, when, when you're down, others do the same for you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's truly a mutual thing. And, you know, it's that's, great. We're not all down at the same time. So there's always, right, someone, right, yeah. know, there's always a helping hand. It's community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then finally, offering soft food. Um, like I said earlier, a lot of our homeless friends can't, you know, they can't chew on a hard granola bar or my favorite example is a steak and apple. If you walk up to a homeless person and give them a steak and apple, which in reality is probably the biggest gift you can give them for nourishment, for, you know, the time it takes to prepare a steak, you know, mm-hmm. truly thoughtful and something that they're obviously striving for, right? We want what's best for us. But if they can't handle that, that is, it's almost, you know, cruel to give them that and just say, hey, look at this steak and apple that you could eat if you didn't, you know, hurt yourself or have bad health or be on on the streets. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times we do that with our family and friends without even meaning to. Um, We offer our family and friends steaks and apples when maybe all they need is a fruit snack to begin with. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they're not ready for that steak and you need to offer them applesauce. And so practically... What's this look like? You know, especially with evangelization and conversion. Um, We have this idea that maybe our conversion model or evangelization model can look the same for everybody. 
and we can walk up to someone and just, you know, preach the gospel, you know, say like, Hey, do you know Jesus? Or, Hey, you know, you want to come to mass with me or you want to come to adoration? When in reality, that's the goal, right? Mm -hmm. We want them to get that stake. We want them to have that adoration, that prayer, but maybe they're not ready for it. You know, by looking them in the eyes, by seeing what they need, these first steps before we're able to see, maybe they just need me to love them Mm. and actually ask them how they're doing and like show them Christ to lead up to, you know, telling them about Christ and, Mm -hmm. you know, being that encounter with Christ through our actions, not necessarily our words. And that's something that is so important for our families, our friends, you know, our campuses. Um, And that's truly my favorite tip, you know, offer soft food, meet your friends where they're at and see what they need, see what they can digest, see what they can chew on and truly answer that. That is amazing. I can't believe you just pulled that out of that. That is so cool. And it's yeah. also so true. So good. Like, yeah. All and it's of not that. overwhelming either. You know, no, I can shake someone's hand and exactly. ask their name and yeah. see what their needs are and figure out how can I meet them at the place where they're at. Exactly. Meeting them where they're at. That is beautiful. I think we can all do that. Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to our how to challenge. Our how to challenge. So we got kind of a twofold challenge here, right? Yes. Would you like to share it or do you want me to do it? You can do it. Okay. So for the how to challenge, Blake and I were talking before the show here. We are going to challenge you to, if you do have the opportunity to encounter poor, to do those steps that we just talked about. Roll down the window, reach out your hand, shake their hand, maybe have a few things in your car based upon needs. If it's summer, then you're going to want to have... Uh, maybe grab a cold water bottle from the fridge before you leave. If it's the winter, then grab some gloves or socks. Just have some of those things on hand in your car. And we want to challenge you to do that, to to push yourself a little bit. And I remember the first few times we we did, um, you know, roll down the window and offer things. I was totally Ooh, awkward. A little scary at first, too. <laughs> yep, I was oh, totally yeah. awkward. And now I, I feel like I'm just seeing a friend at you know, church or the grocery store or something, you know, it doesn't bother me at all anymore. Uh, So do that. We want to push you there. And if you don't have those opportunities and we want to challenge you to work to encounter those around you and meet their spiritual needs, to be that person who looks up at them, who asks their name, who shakes their hands, looks for their needs that they have. So that is our how to challenge. And that is our show. Blake, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. This has been great. So if people want to learn more about Christ in the city, where can they go? Yeah. So obviously social media, we have some really cool ways to uh, interact with what we're doing. Um, By that, we share some street stories. Cool. We share about missionaries. And even during Lent, we're doing a uh, little blurb about one of our homeless friends. We each, you know, submitted really those names that are closest to us who are in need of prayers. And we ask that you pray for them, a uh, different one of our friends each day. Cool. Um, but more importantly, you can go to our website at www.christinthecity.co. Okay. And then you can find us on Instagram or Facebook or truly whatever you want. But yeah, our website has great resources, videos. If you want to maybe learn more about what we do, what our ministry looks like. Um, as well as ways to get involved. And if you're in the Denver area, how you can come and join us on the streets as well. Very cool. So check it out. And thank you so much, Blake, for being on the show today. We're really grateful. Thank you. God bless. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We are so honored that you've given us your time. Show notes for this episode can be found at madetomagnify.com. And you can connect with me on Twitter at Kevin R. Cotter. And Lisa on Twitter 
and Instagram at Lisa Ann Cotter. That's Ann with no E. We'd love to hear from you there with any questions, comments, or suggestions for topics or guests. And would you do us a quick favor? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would you head on over to iTunes and rate the show for us? This helps us get the podcast out there to those who are looking for a show just like this. Until next time, be saints. It's worth it. Thank you.